What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Basics Podcast. Today, we got a real special guest. Goes by the name of Craig Cunningham, and he's a professional kiteboarder from Canada. And he works very closely alongside one of the biggest brands in kiteboarding. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about his story and basically just find out a bit more about what he's up to. So yeah, let's jump into the podcast. Wah! One, three, five, go! Coming from the wild, wild West Indies. So what's up, man? Welcome to the pod. Yeah, dude. How's it been? Uh, it's been uh, a minute there since we've been talking about it, since I saw you back in the UK there at Liquid Leisure. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, it's cool that uh, we talked about it in, in the UK, and now we're actually making it happen, man. It's, it's cool when you actually take an idea and actually turn it into reality, you know? Definitely. Um, but yeah, man, for people who don't know who Craig Cunningham is, maybe just give us a little backstory on you know who you are and what you're up to. Yeah, so I'm just, I guess, like a regular Canadian. Canadian dude grew up playing hockey and like all the team sports and then yeah got into uh skateboarding at some point and kind of just I guess lost the whole jock mentality a bit and yeah started getting into board sports and somehow trickled my way into the kiteboarding industry crazy man so like how long have you actually been in the kiteboarding industry now um let's see like I guess I'd say I've been in the industry almost 10 years and kiting for like 13 or 14 years now Mm-hmm. cool man and like what i always like to ask too is like you know when did it go from you just you know finding about kiteboarding doing it for fun and then being able to turn it into like something you would do full-time what was that like when was that you know when did that happen i definitely can't say it like happened at a certain point at all it's kind of just been like a ball that's just slowly kept rolling into more and more like I never grew up like a lot of the other pro kiteboarders that I hang out with like planning to be a pro kiteboarder and like being a grommet and thinking yeah I want to go pro one day I kind of like I wouldn't say like fell into it but it's just like something I became really passionate about when I was like finishing high school and getting into university and like all through university I was like trying to find a way to like session as much as I could and like still like do really good in school but ride as much as possible and I at that point I started to hang out with Sam Medisky a bunch we just met each other through like the Canadian kiteboarding scene and yeah I just started to cruise with him on a few trips and then kind of when I finished school I, I worked um in engineering for for like six months actually at the place I did my co-op program at in school Mm. And they hired me like straight out and I worked for them for like six months. And then Sam was like, dude, you've got to come to Brazil this year with me. He had gone the year before. And uh, he's like, you can go back to doing that like a normal job any day. Like you have that in your back pocket now. And I just went to Brazil that year with him, dude. And just like, I don't know, had a lot of progression, I guess, that, at that time. And just got really hyped on kiteboarding and kind of just found a way to like keep traveling at that point. I like made a little bit of money from working those six months. So I used that for a bit, but then I kind of like started a little stand up paddle business back home, like just renting out stand ups and doing some kite lessons to like kind of keep it going. So at that point I was just like, still had no real aspirations of becoming like a pro kiteboarder. I just knew I wanted to like kite and cruise with the friends and like live the dream, you know, and just like, do that for a couple of years, I figured. And then 
like I said, it just kind of like the ball started rolling. I was hanging out with Sam. So then I met like Brandon and Reinstra and then like the whole NA blend kind of thing, you know, started happening with like John Van Melsen and um, Jesse Richmond were all around at that point as well. And then I don't know, I just like fell into like hanging out with a good crew that were like, everyone was way better than me. And I was just like progressing quick because I was hanging out with like all the good dudes from North America. And then, yeah, at some point, like, like the guys at Liquid Force were like, hey, you know, can we set you up with some kites? And started cruising with like Sleazy and helping out Julian a little bit. And yeah, it was it was cool. And then that was just kind of how it all started. And that, that was like, yeah, years ago now. And just happened to be, you know, I guess long story short, at a point where no, what was North at the time, like now Duotone, they were looking for like a North American rider. They didn't really have anybody on the squad and picked me up. And I guess like kind of the rest is history. Just like really took the ball and ran with it after that. Yeah, that's that's super wild, man. Crazy. Big ups to Sama for like, you know, pulling you over to the dark side a little bit and making you just, you know, go for it. That's crazy. Yeah, he- he was definitely putting the pressure on, like, dude, you can just go back to doing a normal job anytime. Like, like you're young. Like, let's let's go have some fun, you know? And it's yeah. just, like, kind of crazy looking back on it now. Like, sitting here in Brazil right now in Taiba again, like, the 10th year now that I've come. Um, like, this will be my second visa that I'll run out. So it's, like, yeah, 10 years coming to this same spot where – Kind of right now, that's where it kind of like, I guess you can say if there was a turning point of when I thought, okay, like, I think I want to like just kiteboard, not saying trying to be a pro, but like just, I just want to kiteboard for a while. That was kind of the turning point was like, yeah, Taiba 10 years ago. (laughs) That's so wild, man. But it's time flies, man. Time flies. Sure does, huh? And it's, I guess it's so true too. Like, you know, if you want to try something or do something, like try and surround yourself with people who are doing that. And like your story is definitely a highlight of that, you know, being around the right crew, got to learn quick, got to, yeah. you know, get in the right and, uh, situations. and Yeah. And for me too, you know, I really like that because all the skateboarders at that time and snowboarders that I, as I was following, like I always really respected like the guys who were winning all the contests and everything. But my favorite riders were like the guys putting out the sick videos and getting on the covers and that's kind of where I felt like the crew of kiteboarders that I was hanging out with were doing, like, of course, they were going to Triple S. But at that point, there was, like, no kite park league. So they weren't competing. They were just, like, shooting videos. And we were just, like, cruising around making videos and putting out magazine content. And I was just like, man, this is the shit. Like, this is what I want to do. And then as that whole side of the sport grew, the KPL blew up. And so now we have, like, a full-on world tour. It's funny how times change. Sick. So yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. You know, the Kite Park League, I touched on that a little bit in the episode I did with Sam. Um, but yeah, what's the scene like in Brazil? What's the actual comp? Is it basically the same kind of structure as, you know, Triple S or Hood River? Yeah, so that's, I mean, the Triple S has always been super rad. And like the fact that they're always talking to the riders about how to make their format better and how to make the event better. And I mean, shit, this year they had like two chains, 50 grand prize money. I mean, for me, it was like, the sickest event in kiteboarding for sure like hands down i mean red bull king of the air is like insane as well as far as like the riding that's going on and it's just like you're in an arena but i mean there's no two chains the roots all this is pretty rad but back to the kpl it's like i mean 
the guys at Triple S have always kind of let us work on the format. So the format at Triple S is like, if there was going to be ever a world tour, it would be the same format we use. So we have been using that as well, at like in the UK Park Jam and at the Hood Jam, um, at this Kite Mansion event that's coming up as well. So yeah, they all have the same format. Like right now, it's basically like three hits a feature. So you, most people are, you know, trying to put down a pretty, I wouldn't say standard trick, but something that they feel confident with in the first one. And then they have like two tries to get a banger after that. Or, I mean, yeah, can go the other way too and crash and kind of be scrambling as to what you're going to do. But yeah, basically the format's the same thing. Kite Mansion, Hood Jam, and Triple S this year. So Sick, dude. And like, how's the whole event been going? Are you guys trying to like put more... Uh, locations on the roster because it seems like brands like you know duotone and stuff are kind of getting behind the event starting to help build rails and stuff like that uh what are you guys thoughts on you know is the goal to try and add a few more spots over the next few years or just kind of focusing on what you have now and try and build media around that or what yeah so like the first year that we actually ended up doing the kpl we had five stops and that was pretty pretty good for sure but we almost all kind of felt like we weren't staying true to like the roots of how we all wanted to push kiteboarding because it ended up being like all of a sudden we're on a world tour doing spot like stops all over the place and you didn't have as much time to work on video projects and you know creating the content that you wanted to so we kind of talked to like a lot of the groms and the guys on the come up who are going to be like i wouldn't say like taking over but i mean yeah basically taking over (laughs) um (laughs) the tour in the, the coming years. Cause I mean, I mean, there's that generation of like Dre and Mauricio and Sleaze and Moy and all those guys. And now there's like, now there's almost coming into like this third generation of park riders and stuff. And, um, these guys kind of agreed with us as well that it'd almost be better just to have three really solid events in spots where we all want to ride. Like w- the whole thing of the KPL is like, it really doesn't matter how much money someone's going to put on the table. We're not going to go ride at shitty spots. Like we're going to have our events and good flat water with a good park and have to have like, you know, kind of hit some points to have the event go on. And we just figured it, it made sense to have like three quality events, um, more of like a triple crown to kind of still showcase the competitive side in it. But I mean, if you look at all the top riders on the KPL at the moment, everyone's putting out, like good videos and you know kind of really pushing their riding rather than just training for certain tricks for an event which i feel like over time just makes your kiteboarding stale and it's it's like hard to stay motivated whereas yeah if you look at brandon right now he's probably one of the most well-rounded or if not the most well-rounded rider you know and to have him i think he he as well is like at the point where he's winning events but he almost is like he's there because he wants to to have like the KPL grow and be good for the people in the future. He's not there because he wants to compete and like really smash everybody else. Although he just this year he has been. It's been like, you know, Sam Light's been winning for a while. Sam Light had it, and then like you and popped in for a bit. But like Brandon has just been on fire this year, and it's just super motivating to see that he's the oldest dude of all of us on the KPL. Like I'm just a year younger than him, not even, but like. There's a few of us that are getting up there, and Brandon is still, like, just beasting it, man. Like, okay, riding yeah. better than ever. It's yeah. crazy. Man, just driven. Like, he's just a machine. He just did a KGB. Uh, the boys were showing me. Yeah, he's did, landed, like, the first KGB 5, I think, the other day. And 
at Kite Mansion. So it's going to be insane to see what he does. Like, you see him on the kicker in Hood River, and it's gusty and strong. And, like, mm-hmm. here's just perfect wind. He's going to be on, like, a 12-meter steady blow dryer wind. Yeah, it's going to be insane. That's awesome, dude. But it sounds cool. You know, it sounds like you guys are really, you got a good plan for what you're trying to do with KPL. Like, I love the idea of, like, actually just focusing on the best spots for kiting, you know, because most competitions are the opposite of that. They're just in a spot that can get the most people to come and watch, you know. So that's super cool, man. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the uh, kiteboard events, like, they end up happening at spots where, like, someone wants to promote their hotel or, uh, like, a new kiteboarding school or stuff. And that's good as well. And, like, I'm not hating on other events that don't do them at flatwater spots because I think, I mean, most kiteboarding spots are kind of choppy and like washing machines to style spots. So it's pretty insane to see the level of the, what the freestyle guys do. Like, for example, this week there's a World Kiteboarding Championships um, event here in Brazil as well, just down the road in Cambuco. And like there's a perfect lagoon five minutes away with like – one of the best spots in the world but they're doing it out front in you know a choppy spot but that being said these guys can go out and do their tricks wherever they need to be done whereas i mean i feel like a lot of us will just not go and ride at spots like that but these guys are just like can still do the same thing that they're doing in the lagoon in like crazy conditions so that's always super impressive to see as well so and i think it's healthy like a lot of the guys on the freestyle world tour do want to compete. They are super competitive. And if they could get five or eight stops, you know, like how they used to have it on the peak area, I think that'd be sick for them. Like, it could be really healthy for the sport. Mm. Yeah, yeah, interesting, man. Interesting. What I'd like to see, actually, is, like, two more big, big air events so that there's, like, a big air triple crown. Like, one in Cape Town, King of the Air, maybe, like, one in Holland, Mega Loop Challenge or whatever, and then like maybe Hood River or somewhere where it like gets super strong and have mm-hmm. like just three gnarly events with like how they do it in surfing for like big big wave tour. They have a month long or two month long holding period and they just wait for the gnarliest conditions. I think I think that would be something really cool for kiteboarding as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And then you have all the pillars. You know, you have the park style, freestyle, and the big air, like the main pillars of what kiting kind of represents. You know. For sure. And then, like, on the surf side of things, it'd be good to see those guys, like, starting to have more, in my opinion, like, more wave spots as well in their tour. Mm. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive what people can do with the strapless surfboard freestyle as well. But I think, like, most people want to see these guys, like, getting big waves and doing stuff off the lip, you know, and coming back in. So I think that's hopefully where you see, like, the – I think, I mean, it's, kiteboarding's just new. It's still just trying to find its way, but – that's kind of where I can see it going. It'd be sick to have, like, a big air world tour for those guys. That's, like, proper big air spots, not in 20 knots or 25 knots, but, like, 30-plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where kiting is, you know, another 10 years from now. But, sick, dude, I kind of want to touch on a little bit about, you know, what you're doing with Duotone because, you know, you talked about, because basically you're, what is your role within the company right now? Right now, my official role is the team manager of the like freestyle wake style team, basically the twin tippers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really like a traditional team manager job where I'm like ordering gear for people and like having to babysit and deal with contracts and stuff. We have like a duotone. I think now on the marketing team, there's like seven or eight people. So 
I mean, I've basically been doing a little bit more each year, like starting from like organizing photo shoots and, you know, product shoots and dabbling in, you know, helping out with R&D and kind of being the guy in between the international team and the R&D department. And it's just like every year I just kind of got a few more little roles and it was like kind of going the way I've always hoped it would, where I just each year maybe riding a little bit less and you know, just working behind the scenes a little bit more, just keep things interesting. Like I said, I went to school for engineering, so I, like, it was kind of hard for me after a while. Like, of course, living the dream, cruising, just hanging out with the friends, kiting and, like, watching wakeboarding videos and surfing videos and stuff is, is, is sick. But after a while, I just, like, wanted to do a little bit more. And it was pretty cool that, you know, Duotone just, you know, let me take on a few little roles here and there. And then eventually they, I think, just, you know, start to trust me with things and um yeah at this point now with you know the big switch from the rebranding from what was north into now duotone there was tons of stuff to do and i mean i guess basically to like sum up what i'm doing now is like trying to get the most out of the team so like managing the team as far as like special projects with content we've got tons and tons of new videos coming out video series we're working with all of our team like influencers in a completely different way to try to develop them into characters because in my opinion in kiteboarding right now we have like a lot of really good athletes who they're influencing people to buy products but not as much as they could be if they were like the characters that people really know you know what what they're like in real life just like you you see it in snowboarding or, or skateboarding like there's character development within Mm. and the athletes and mm. you know for like guys like Aaron and Ayrton and Noah and like people want to know more about these people you know and and, and I think it's going to be quite fun like right now we're working on a a video series um that's kind of be introducing new some of the new people to the team like Mika Sol who just won the world tour for um the GKA and you know I think she just won the last two world tour freestyle st- stops and she's gonna hopefully win this next one in brazil and win the freestyle world tour as well like i think she's still 14 gonna turn 15 in a few weeks so we're out here with noah working on a video project kind of like introducing her to the world like she has a pretty crazy story her mom's from oregon and her dad's a local brazilian dude who's just like the most chill rasta guy you've, you've ever met and they're like family's so rad and they just got kind of got like a pretty fun story to tell. So, I mean, that that's right now, like it's pretty, I'm pretty lucky, I guess that we have so many creative people around us at Duotone and I'm able to kind of just like start to connect the dots a little bit and yeah, just go heavy as far as making lots of fun content and yeah, just trying to push kiting in a bit different direction, I guess, video wise to not have it always just have to be like an epic video, like can also just you know be fun behind yeah, the scenes sure. sort of stuff and it's, and it's story driven you know everyone does have a story and like that's what people can really attach to you know something that's relatable and shows you know, yeah come up how you got to where you're at and yeah it's cool man but i have to ask yeah. you know a lot of people like what happened with the whole rebrand because there has been a little bit of info about that but what like what pushed it over how come it went from you know being north for all those years and had such a strong image from the outside what caused the rebrand can you talk about that at all so basically the easiest way i guess to explain it is that the parent company boards and more 
never owned the name North. Like, Boards and More had a kiteboarding brand, and they licensed the name North from North Sales, and they did for a long, long time. And basically, North Sales just at one point was like, ah, oh, it's kiteboarding. It's never going to be anything big yet. Use the name. And then at one point, they started to realize, like, oh, yeah, kiteboarding is growing pretty quick. And like, these guys are using our name. So they just started asking for more and more and more money. Every year, it was like more money, more money to the point where like, my bosses at Boards and More just wanted to you know, purchase the rights off of them for the name, like a, a one-time transaction. Um, and North really wanted to just buy the company because they saw it, it doing really well and, you know, basically just wanted to take it over. And so it was kind of like three years of battles almost. Like, it, it, it was a while that we knew that it was a possibility that those guys were just going to take the company over or we were going to have to rebrand. So, yeah, basically at the end of the day, it came down to us just having to say, like, you know, okay, well, that's how it's going to be. We're just going to take all of our team riders, all of our products, our marketing team, all of our R&D team, our distribution network, all of our shops, and just put a new name on it. And, uh, um, yeah, then, then um, basically we came up with some different names and everything was getting thrown around. And um, true kiteboarding was obviously like, our slogan for a long time. So that was something that we kind of wanted to go with, but it was just, um, too broad. There's like, it's kind of hard to register something like true. Um, so yeah, in the end it worked out that, um, our CEO had, uh, had a business back in the day named Duotone that he already had all the rights for and everything. And at first people didn't really, some of them people didn't really like it, but I actually kind of, straight from the start kind of had an idea of like duo tone with like a lot of ways to, we could do things with some fun marketing and like split screen videos with like, you know, one tone on one side and one tone on the other and like fun ads with like different grading and a lot of stuff that could be played around with, with the whole duo tone thing. So the other thing was that at the time we were going to have to rebrand North sales windsurfing as well. So then it came down to like, it's like a duo sport, like windsurfing and kiteboarding. So mm. yeah, at the end of the day, it was just like, you know what, why don't we just run with that? That's going to be the easiest as far as like legal stuff, because yeah, trying to create a, create, you know, a new name and having the guys at North, you know, kind of playing a bit of hardball, like North sales is a massive company with a lot of money and a lot of big lawyers. So, um, yeah, we kind of just at one point said, hey, you know what? We're just going to do our own thing and let North do theirs. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we don't need to, like, try to go head-to-head with North or, like, you know, play this, like, I guess more, I don't know, American-style politics where you're just trying to, like, bash the other people or something. And we're just like, no, no, no. We're just going to, like, do our own thing with Duotone and just, like, make it our own. And, you know, yeah. at, at, at first it was a bit scary and now it's kind of like sick. Like we have like our own brand new brand and, and yeah, I kind of like came into the, the position where I'm at with the perfect time. We just, yeah, have a lot of marketing power and a lot of, you know, a lot of budget to do all the fun things we want to do with the team. So yeah, keep it peeled. There's a lot of crazy projects coming mm-hmm. up right now. And uh, yeah, like a couple weeks from now, we've 
I've got a big team house. We're going to have like most international team out here in Brazil just just because like throw them together in the house and we're not shooting any product stuff. It's not like specific for any new campaign. It's just like throw the team together in a house with a bunch of filmers and you know, let things go. And midweek we're going to do a Grom search at Cow Whippy Lagoon. So like that's where Bebe is from. Like if you don't know who yeah. Bebe is, Carlos and Mario is like, man, the king right now for freestyle. Like he's just going. The, the distance he's traveling in tricks is insane compared to the other guys. And yeah, I just want to kind of try to go to find like the next Bebe or something, you know, or like some kid who may, maybe in a few years could like compete against Bebe because, uh, yeah, these, the kids in Brazil, I mean, you know, some of them are growing up just living at the lagoon, like sleep, literally sleeping in hammocks or like on the dirt floor. And all they're doing is like eating, sleeping and breathing, kiteboarding every day. And like the, the, the level of like 10 and 12 year old kids at this lagoon is insane. So Hmm. I think it's going to be pretty rad to like take the international team and us just be able to kind of like sit on the sidelines and just let them have a huck fest. Like I don't oh, want yeah, it to be man. a competition or have run heats against each other. Like just because you do the most handle passes doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get, be the one who we choose, you know, <laughs> like I, who knows, like maybe we're going to find this like superstar. Or maybe we'll find like a group of like three brothers and we sponsor them all. Or maybe we don't find anyone who knows, but, I think it's pretty rad, and it's another thing I want to, like, try to do is, like, just have, you know, more more fun projects like this where, yeah, it's just a Grom search. Why not? They do it in, like, every other sport, so. Mm-hmm. That's I think awesome, it's, dude. It's yeah, pretty like, fun. It's, it's cool that you're, like, you know, yeah. in a situation to, like, do fun stuff like that and really, like, potentially give back to kiting a lot years from now, you know? So it's, it's awesome to be in, in that yeah, type of scenario. Yeah, for sure. Um, but cool, man. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Like, yeah. you know, Duotone has a pretty, like, huge team already, you know? Like, yeah. how is that as far as, like, operating as a company? Like, how does... I know, you know, Duotone is definitely one of the biggest brands, but, like, they don't seem to skimp out on, like, bringing people on board. You guys definitely have, like, the huge, the biggest yeah. team within kiteboarding. Yeah, for sure. It's massive right now. Like, uh... There's loads of people on the team, and that's, I mean, the one cool thing, like, when I first went to, I mean, what was North and now Duotone back in the day, you know, a lot of people, like, coming from Liquid Force were giving me, like, a little bit of shit for selling out for, like, going to, like, a European brand that, you know, really wasn't into the park riding scene at all at that time, and they're just kind of, what everyone thought was, like, jumping on the bandwagon, hmm. and after a few years there, I started to realize that, it wasn't like just jumping on the bandwagon. It was more so that like any trend that boards, the boards and more company sees in, in kiteboarding, they're trying to push it and see how it goes. So like a lot of people like within my group of friends or like within more wake style, like I really don't like this word wake style. It's actually, but I just know people, you know, associate it with that. After a couple of years of being with the brand, I realized that they're just not just jumping on bandwagons. They want to like just push the sport, knowing it's a new sport in whatever direction they can. And that's why we have such a big team because we have some of the best riders, and so not just one or two, but like multiple riders that are at the top of every discipline. Mm-hmm. And within the whole like, you know, boots riding or wake style riding, whatever you want to call it, within freestyle and park riding and stuff, 
people maybe want to like hate on what's going on with strapless freestyle at the moment, but, and, and that like duo tone is supporting it so much. But in my opinion, I like maybe these sort of tricks that these guys are going to be doing are they're going to be doing them off the lip into waves or off of waves and back into waves in a few years. Or if the conditions line up, they will be doing that. So I think that for me is like, what's really cool about duo tone is that they just try to push kiteboarding in as many different directions as it can be and let's see what happens, you know? Um, so, so that's what I realized pretty quickly. Like, they weren't just jumping on like the park riding bandwagon. They wanted to like see, they saw that side of the sport growing and they wanted to push it. And now as far as like the kite park league goes and triple S goes, they've been like one of the biggest, if not the biggest supporters uh, of that whole movement. So, um, yeah, I mean, for sure you gotta like, you know, give love to the, the brands who are like holding the flag for a long time as well. But like, yeah, I'm pretty stoked that as the biggest brand, like, I guess I always like compare it to Burton and snowboarding. Like it's tough for the biggest brand to be like the most core or the coolest, but it's pretty rad that they are supporting so many facets of kiteboarding in my mm-hmm. opinion. And mm-hmm. yeah, pretty stoked that now I can like help push that as well. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think you definitely played a huge role. Like even from the beginning, you definitely like brought a lot of what they were doing over to the park side of kiting, you know, especially for yeah. North America anyways. Like once you got on board, you could see, like from when you started to like even now, like how much you kind of just guided them along that path. So it's, it's cool. It's cool that people like you are involved with brands like that to, you know, help definitely shape certain aspects of the sport. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of always been one thing, I guess, I, I've, like an advice I could give people in life is like, if you get the ball, just fucking run with it. You know, like they gave me a chance there. They're like, we want to push the side of riding. And they didn't really care about my freestyle. They're like, hell yeah if you want to just go to the cable park and use your travel budget to go ride at the cable park to push your riding do it it was we want you to be a park rider and i was like that's pretty rad to hear from a kiteboarding brand like that long ago yeah yeah. and you know i mean right now i'm chilling i'm here in brazil chilling with i said aaron just left a couple days ago because he has to shoot some uh duotone academy stuff for our app in uh union island but I'm here with Noe Font and Xander Rath. And if you don't know Xander, he's like probably, I know one of the like most up and coming guys on the kite park league. who's just done a couple events now this year, but he comes from a snowboarding background and has insane style. And like, it's cool to see, like he came to the lagoon the other day and have just seen people like a swap fest. And he's just like blown away. Like, fuck, like the level of kiteboarding because he's just like a park rider, you know? So he's like, what do I do with this flat water? You know, but it's cool to see that duotone supports so many different styles of riders that like a guy like Xander now is, you know, getting some love because, you know, he's got good style and he's doing some, you know, different stuff in the park and he showed up in Hatteras and he showed up good and we're like, man, let's, let's see what this kid can do. So now he's cruising with Noe and I, and yeah, man, that's cool. I mean, he just brings that like, snowboarding steez a bit to yeah. uh probably to the a park, bit like so uh, dylan like, thompson back in the day remember dylan from hood yeah exactly dylan is insane exactly. barely ever carried so, but like hopefully we don't lose xander to, yeah to, to hopefully we don't lose xander like lost uh dylan but like yeah i mean props to dylan for like 
chasing that dream. He was such a good kiteboarder and just kind of like cut it off and was like, nah, man, I'm, I'm doing this and one yeah, X games. You know? like, New way he wanted to go. Yeah. So yeah, this kind of rolls into like the next question, you know, like seeing as you're like the team manager, like what advice would you give to like an up and coming kid or up and coming kiter who just wants to like try and, you know, make something out of their love for kiting? What are the best things that someone should think about if they're trying to, you know, really do it full time or at least get more opportunity out of kiting, you know? Yeah. So I think, I mean, the biggest thing is to have fun with it. I see kids like here at the lagoon. I went down to the lagoon to like shoot for Noah and Xander the other day. And I just see kids out there trying the same tricks over and over again. And that's good to be like training. Um, but just to mix it up and to have some fun and not to feel like, um, not ashamed, but like embarrassed by like not being good at something on the water. Like there's plenty of things I suck at kiteboarding and I still, I still want to try them. And like, you know, you're never going to get better at switch unless you practice, you know, your switch, like ollieing blind to switch or railies to blind switch or, or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, I think the biggest thing is just to like have fun and do other things kiteboarding to not like if, if you're getting frustrated with what you're working on, don't like get bummed on it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just kiteboarding. It's just, it's just like any sport. It's just, it's like, it's just baseball. It's just hockey. It's just like, don't take things too seriously. You know, like it's not a life or death situation. Um, so yeah, just, just have fun with it. But actually, if you want to say like the best piece of advice is actually, I think Sleazy said to me one time, like, just like try not to look forward to anything because life goes so fast. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't wait to go here. Or they're like, you know, for us, it'll be like, you're on some rad trip, but you're kind of like over the spot or, um, I don't know, whatever, over the food or the hotel or whatever. And you're like super excited to go to the next spot. But it's like, no, you're actually in a pretty cool place right now. Like try to enjoy that. Or, mm-hmm. or like, yeah, just never to like try to look forward to something, even if it's like the next day, like just try to, you know, be for me now, like not just have as much fun, but also like try to be as productive as you can with your life every day. You know, like for me lately, I've been like getting up super early here going surfing every morning and then getting on my computer and just like working away for the day and, you know, going surfing again in the afternoon. Cause actually it would be like swapping surfing for kiting. If right now I'm actually waiting on double ankle surgery when I go back home. So I flew out to Brazil knowing I probably would not touch my kite or board. Um, but I just created so many different projects, um, before coming here that I kind of like, needed and wanted to come out here and just like see them you know come to fruition and um yeah and as well you know all my friends are out here and i'm working remotely like that's another cool thing duotone's not like you have to be in munich in the office they know it's like they know it's more efficient for me to be out here with the team and just i think too like when you're doing the work sort of work that i do i mean alex fox is doing like loads of stuff at slingshot he's basically the man at slingshot Mm -hmm. right now like he's basically doing the job of what we were having like a whole office full of people do and you know he says as well like when he goes to the office he's less efficient than when he's just working on his computer because like when i just open my computer i do my stuff but like when you're in the office you're just like talking about you know so you know your coworkers last night or their kids or you know, their session or whatever. So like sometimes like 
Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty nice just, just being a bit flexible, you know, it just makes me actually, I think more keen to work knowing that I can go for a session when, when, when the conditions are good. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Solid dude. So, so yeah, basically, you know, kiting is like the, a huge part of your life. That's pretty much every, you know, that's your bread and butter Definitely. right now. But besides kiting, what's like one thing yeah. you think about most every day? Like what's, what's something you're obsessed with? <laughs> I think the two things that are kind of taking over my life right now are mountain biking and surfing. Um, just like I, I, I grew up in the great Lakes, So I never got like to learn to surf as a kid, you know, and with traveling with kiting, I had plenty of opportunities to learn how to surf. That's for sure. But I kind of just like, Hey, I'm getting paid to kite. I'm going to focus on this. And we're at a lot of the spots where I did try to surf. It was like, they're blown out. They're good surf spots, but they're blown out because it was windy. And like, whenever I would try to go, I just get smashed. And I'd be like, I'll do this later. I always told myself, like, I knew it was cool. I liked watching surf videos. I got a lot of inspiration from my like content and the way we did things mm. from surf videos. Like if you look at the bubble, it has a lot of inspiration. Like Noah is always putting me on to the, you know, most uh, interesting guys and in surfing and stuff. And a lot of fun to like look at things from that perspective. And yeah, yeah but then I, um, when we were actually doing the bubble tour last year in, in uh, Australia, like premiering it on the East Coast, we didn't have much wind and we're just, we're there for a month and Noah was surfing every day with uh, Rowdy, like Alexander Hughes and actually a little shout out for those guys follow at not future K N O T like a not like your kite, not future. Mm. It's their new media outlet and we're gonna start like pumping some of our duotone content and other brands content that like maybe the, it's like a bit too, I wouldn't say core, but a bit, it's not as polished as a brand would want it. So it's like stuff that they're going to push through there. There's a, the first video came out the other day called here and now with Aaron. And it's basically just like Aaron and I having a game of pool and talking about what's going on in his life. And mm. yeah, so not future. Give those guys a ball. And like, so yeah, those guys were like surfing every day and I was just kind of like, I'm going to get in there and start renting boards and like just cooking it on the longboard. And after spending enough time there, I like bought my own first surfboard in Australia last year. So yeah, I always like to like, you know, I always like to ask um, other kiters, like, you know, what are some, the top three places that you've traveled to, you know, because a lot of kiteboarders do listen to the podcast and like are looking for places to go kiting and a lot of pro kiteboarders get to go to the most premium spots. So what would be a yeah. recommendation to like, you know, someone wanted to go on a cool kite trip? But, you know, it's just nice steady wind and just easy kind of fun conditions. So, I mean, a lot of people would say Brazil just because it's windy every single day here for like six months of the year. But I'll just skip Brazil because everyone knows yeah. Brazil is really good. Um, a comparable spot um, wind wise, but actually way, way, way better flat water is Sri Lanka. And um yeah, SriLankaKite.com. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Fabio and Grosso's school. And man, like flat water for kilometers, like straight offshore. There's like not a taller bush than like a meter tall on the island. So it's just blow drier wind. I, I've never ridden at such a quality kite spot than that. Mm. Like nowhere else I've been has really touched it. Wow, crazy, um, man. And like when. And we do a lot of our. We do a lot of our testing out there, so, mm. you know, it's it's just, I mean, when we're trying to finalize a kite to make sure it's working perfectly, and we've tested it in Cape Town, and we 
I've tested in northern Germany and in Maui and like in all these gusty conditions and you want to see like what it can really do when it's perfect like take Vegas out there and you're just like oh man this thing's prime <laughs> sick and when's like uh, the so best yeah time Sri Lanka when's the best time to go to uh, um I think that I think that I have two seasons. I would always be going there in like March, April sort of time. And that's just when I think their uh, like spring, summer season kicks in. But they don't have like wind for like six months like Brazil. I think it's like a three month, four month. And it kind of like gets super hot mm. um, like the end of summer, early fall. And then like it kicks back in in the winter time. Um, I guess second would be Puerto Rico. We just did the Vegas product shoot there and I've been there like two years in a row now. And man, what an under super underrated place. I think just because it's like a big Island in the Caribbean and it kind of like, it doesn't have that, um, like small Caribbean Island, um, draw to it, like Antigua or union Island or some of like these sort of places where they're like, small little tropical islands that are like white sand beaches everywhere but i mean puerto rico has that as well but it's like for me it was pretty cool to see that they have like a mix of your like normal american culture where you can get like everything you need there's home depots and like best buys and all that sort of stuff but they have like yeah that caribbean style as well to them and man the amount of spots they have around that i mean like we just scratched the surface like Everyone who went there, Stefan's frothing to get back, and Fran and Noah and Eric, like everyone was just like blown away because I was hyping it up a lot, being like, "Man, there's like whatever sort of spots you want. You want wave kickers, you know? You want to go like actually ride some waves." If we were there to shoot the Vegas, so we weren't doing any of that, but like, you know, we didn't have wind one day, so we're foil surfing, and mm-hmm. there's just like po- the possibilities in Puerto Rico are, are pretty sick, and you have everything from like six star. Ritz Carlton, if you want to, like, you know, bare bones Caribbean style, like, um, cruising. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's see, for the third one, that'd be a tough choice. I mean, there's lots of, lots and lots of really good spots. But I, I guess I would have to say probably like Watamu in Kenya was super sick. Okay. And probably like one of the, one of the best trips of my life for sure. Like as far as Sam light was meant to go there. It was like Sam lights, one of his best friends, um, growing up, had a kite school there and he'd been wanting to get Sam out there for a while. But I think Sam was doing, he had some other project on the go and the guy really wanted to have like someone come out there to try to like help him promote his spot. Cause he thought it was really good. And it, you know, everyone thinks that their spots really good. But I was like, ah, whatever, we'll go out there and at least we're going to go on safari and stuff and like go see some of the big five animals. And I'd been to South Africa a ton. So I was like rad to, you know, go to like a proper Africa. And uh, man, we were just there for like 12 days, but just blown away at how good of quality the kiteboarding was, how beautiful it was, and just like super, super affordable. Um, and I just, I'd definitely say probably one of the best trips I've been on. So I guess that would be my top three. Yeah, Sri Lanka, Puerto Rico. Yeah, and then uh, Watamu, Kenya. That's crazy, man. That's cool. That's definitely a different list because I've asked this question to a lot of people and most people kind of say very similar spots. So it's cool to get, a, you know, some fresh locations. Brazil, Cape Town, Tarifa. Yeah, or, or <laughs> Caribbean. It's like a broad Caribbean, anywhere in the Caribbean, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah. That's cool, man. I mean, the, it's sick. The Caribbean's sick. I mean, you can't 
Yeah, no, for sure. But it's cool to get like a bit more specifics where like, you know, PR, like an actual place where people can go and look into and research and see if they actually want to try and make a trip happen, you know? Yeah. Cool, dude. But I think that kind of pretty much sums things up. If there's anything else you want to like touch on, now would be the time. Uh, But sick, dude. Thanks for taking the time. Um, Yeah, definitely look forward to just keeping up with what you guys are getting up to. Got to get you and the whole crew out to Antigua at some point again. It would be cool to make something of that happen. Uh, but yeah, until yeah, then, man, definitely. just, just watch those ankles and, you know, keep doing your thing. Yeah. You too, dude. Keep, keeping track of you for sure. It's just <laughs> uh, cool to see the route you're going right now. I think it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. I mean, man, Sam Light just started the vlog. You're definitely, I know, right? It's crazy. Trending. Crazy. Good, Sam's trendsetter, yeah. even reaching people like Sam, but yeah. yeah, it's cool. You know, this is just the angle that I enjoy most. I like telling stories like showcasing and making content so you know yeah. why not go as hard as they possibly can so and it's been fun you know even this like having the opportunity to dive into your story like a podcast is kind of the yeah. only way to create that environment you know so it's it's fun i mean you've always definitely been like a character in kiteboarding and i remember like when you first started showing enough with dre yeah. everyone knew like you're just you're a character you know <laughs> that's so, funny that's cool to see yeah man definitely well, keep following it yeah cool man appreciate it and hopefully um, i see you sooner rather than later in person definitely man we'll we'll try and make that happen we'll stay in touch and you know try and cook something up all right guys so that pretty much sums up today's episode uh big 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 ups to craig for taking the time it's always cool for me to have the chance to you know catch up with people who are definitely making big waves within the kiteboarding industry if you guys enjoyed this episode make sure you go follow craig at craig cunningham and also you can follow myself at jake kelsick and yeah just make sure you subscribe to the show you can find the show at www.jakehuzzard.com slash podcast that's where the podcast kind of lives and yeah guys hope all is well hope you guys are having an awesome happy very inspired life and I'll see you guys soon in another episode of the basics podcast peace love and big up